Welcome to Who All Gonna Be There, a podcast by artists, for artists. We talk cash shit about everything, sometimes we get messy, and it all counts as art, because we say so. I'm Mel, I'm a black woman, and I'm doing my little artist things, so you know what's up. So many jobs to survive. This week, I'm a chimney sweeper, an oxtail specialist, and I'm also an <laughs> iOS press release apology consultant. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a lot, but we do it all. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. <laughs> Hello, I'm Maximiliano, conceptual artist, working in performance, video, sculpture, collaboration, thought, and designs. Um, I have to give credit to Manny. They described my art practice in that way, thought and zines. So I was like, I'm going to take that. So you're jacking someone else's description of you? I'm using it to aid my my <laughs> pursuits. And I, I think they would be fine with that. Okay. Well, you added some dramatic pauses, so I think that brings something. I'm just warming up the vocal cords, Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> How to support NTP, you were asking. Um, we have a Patreon page. So if you subscribe, you get exclusive podcast episodes, which are only available behind the paywall. So we get extra messy. Buy stuff on our Etsy store. We have tote bags. We have buttons. We have zines. We have books. We have critical zines. Um, I believe we have potholders, um, stickers, some other things, um, embroidered aprons. Subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Hopefully a good one, but whatever. Um, Follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Facebook, Instagram, um, also if you have any art related questions, if you have any comments or concerns about our podcast, if you want to shout out Melanie Stevens or myself, if you want to see what's up with NTP, if you want to learn anything about us, shoot us an email, drop us a review, um, let us know that we're not just talking into a vacuum. All right. So you may have heard our first guest, um, our guest for the night. Today we are lucky enough to have Mumbi Mukahi with us, who will be talking about her work with the All African People's Revolutionary Party, a.k.a. AAPRP. Hi, Mumbi. Hi. Nice to be here. Thanks, y'all, for inviting me. Thanks for coming on this random uh, Friday Friday night. I don't know, man. It's a colonized day. Yeah, January's been long. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, yes, thank you for being here. We're so glad to have you here. Um, our guest's name, as Melanie said, is Mumbi, which means mother of nations and one who molds. She is a mother of to two children and is fostering a newborn baby. She has earned two degrees, an associate's degree and a BS in communications. She is in the last year of her master's program and will continue on to get her PhD to be a professor of African history. Mm-hmm. She has been in college while birthing and taking care 
of other children, not physically from her body. She is a cadre in the All-African People's Revolutionary Party, AAPRP, and joined in 2016. She is a socialist pan-Africanist that wants to see a communist world that is equitable for all people. She is for Africans in Africa, which means she is for all people because she believes that once Africa and Africans are free, that all people will therefore be free. Thank you. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> Alright. So, I guess the first question is uh, the most basic of questions. <laughs> um, what is the All-African People's Revolutionary Party? Yeah, so the All-African People's Revolutionary Party, AAPRP, is a pan-African socialist party that wants to see Africa and Africans liberated. So we think that that's going to happen when capitalism falls. And that when capitalism falls, we want to be ready to have a new system such as socialism rise um, to take over as a... Um, a meeting place, it's not even the right word to say, but just as a, a filler for us. Because when something falls, then chaos becomes. And then if something's not readily to be uh, put in place, then without people even thinking so, they'll re reside back to an old system because it's what they know. So uh, socialism is a filler place because we ultimately want to see a communist world because it's equitable for all people. Um, so that's what the All African People's Revolutionary Party is about, but it's also about, it's more than that, that's just kind of, I don't want to call it, even call it generic, but it's just like a, a short uh, intro into what we do, yeah, or, nice. or are about. Nice. Yeah. And I know that recently the AAPRP celebrated its 50th anniversary, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> 50 years of uh, being the AAPRP being around. And we know like with any movement, any organization, there's ups and downs, just like with the numbers in the party. Just like, so we talk about these days and probably all days, we talk about quality over quantity mm -hmm. um, because it's about, it's when we're, we are constantly as African people and just people in general, always being traumatized and triggered into something that we didn't ask for. And so when we, there's momentum and movements, people join it. And then when they so-called fall off, people die off on it. Not like literally, but literally also. Um, so the All African People's Revolutionary Party has been here for 50 years and it's dedicated qu uh, quality people are still here. And we believe that all Africans are quality. So we just are patient with them. Um, and so is our movement in the way that we move in grace to building, to move forward. Yeah. Um, how did you come to the party? And then maybe a little bit about yourself. Sure. Okay, so that's like gonna give you something about myself. Because uh, <laughs> I joined the party from meeting someone that I met in my past, which we're still friends. Uh, so I started, I moved back from California in 2010. Because oh. I decided I was ready to start my life over. I was 24 or 23. I don't even remember. Um, and then I decided to start college and I met, I joined the WRC, the Women's Resource Center at PCC. And I met dope ass women there, dope ass people in general. And um, I met someone there named Angelica, who we became comrades, we still are. And then later on in life, so in 2016, uh, she invited me to come to an event that Ajamu Umi was speaking at, which he's in the All African People's Revolutionary Party. And, um, and I, I, what he said spoke to me mm -hmm. and after the event we checked in and then after that i we exchanged information and that's how i joined aaprp and i've been struggling ever since because that's because becoming uh learning more about our people and about aaprp in general is a struggle struggling with our people who aren't even in aaprp we're all struggling so i say struggle for that because it's a beautiful thing mm -hmm. yeah um Is the AAPRP, um, do they have connections to other, like, African or uh, Pan-African groups historically? Um, we do, yes. And so it's, people would be mad at, my comrades would be mad at me for not knowing all of our allies right now. But, yeah, historically we're connected to, I don't want to say all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just because none of them are going to come off the top of my head right now. But, mm -hmm. like, the NACCP, did I say that right? NAACP. Thank you. See, they'd be mad at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's insulting, right? 
we we want to be uh, connected to all African organizations because we believe in creating a united front. Just because of historically how we were taken from our homeland, homeland as slaves, mm-hmm. to brought over here out of our homeland as slaves, um, that we were intentionally disconnected from each other. So in 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 order to keep uh, the oppressors in power, we're still intentionally made to be pitted against each other. So when we even when we are connected to other African orgs as allies and our uh, ideologies don't match up, we intentionally push a united front with the willingness to work through our struggles um, privately and not so much as openly because um, that's then it gives the oppressors ways in to continue keeping us down. Yeah. So I want to say like historically, yes, we always want to be connected to any and all African orgs and we stand firm in our position mm-hmm. ideologically and um and to create that united front but we we don't we don't budge in our ideology so okay i do have follow-up for that so i'm I'm not going to name any names for um other black centered particularly american groups but i find that some of those organizations are centered on a kind of cap like capitalism black capitalism How how do you find a connection with those groups when um, the crux of the AAPRP is the complete antithesis of this? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, Malcolm X like is an example because he we read from his book, so we have an ideological guidelines, and there's a book list that we read from there. And Malcolm X speaks is one of those books that we read from, mm-hmm. and one of the things like through his evolution was. That when uh, obviously, well, not obviously, but he started out as not part of anything, just a African trying to find his way. Yeah. That went to prison like most Africans do, and that found um, Islam and uh, as a religion that sh- that helped him get onto a path. But like as he continued to evolve, he saw that um, in order to get African people in general to like follow or to begin understanding not even to begin understanding because that means that we don't understand and we do but that we had to meet people where they were at our people where they were at so if we wanted to them to see the bigger picture of our struggle in general that we had to meet them first where they were at in their basic struggles which is to even survive so uh, could could you uh, say the question again because i was like getting there like how do you find those connections when the ideologies are so different okay yes so that's how is because we uh meeting people where they're at at their basic level at their with their basic needs wherever they're at individually or as an org that's how that's where we meet them at because mm-hmm. it's important to meet them on the where they're at as a basis to begin building them up internally and just outwardly in general yeah so um <clears throat> I keep losing my path <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. okay um yeah no I find that really interesting and um <clears throat> like growing up reading about um like the Black Panthers and um, other like leftist groups and stuff like that, and then thinking about the ways that like maybe um, that could have been improved or like maybe their like shortcomings, and then often hearing from like other readings like about um, a critique on like maybe that um, style is that there was like a lack of uh, focusing on like maybe some core issues such as like education. And then um, from, like, reading the tenets and seeing that, like, one of the very first starts is these, like, ideological trainings Mm -hmm. and these, like, work-study groups, I find that, like, really interesting and seems to be, like, this, like, tested um, result of, like, knowing that, like, oh, the first place we need to start is in, like, teaching and education and, like, recalibrating our brains and, like, knowing our own history and knowing, like, our connections to other things. And um, I found that um, interesting that, like, yeah, that was, like, a starting place um, here as well as this, like, these ideas of these, like, um, what was it, work circles and, like, yeah. these, like, study groups as, like, really, like, the, the very first step you would take um, to become a part of this organization. Yeah, that's cool yeah. that you said that. Um, so we, because you said work cir- circles and then work studies. So, like, in the um, All African People's Revolutionary Party, there are, like, levels. So, like, I mean, to be a chapter, you would have to have two circles. 
but um and then you would be considered as a, a chapter but um beginning it's just beginning where you're at i think that when a, each person person as an individual what you find people like-minded as you once you start like asking your own self things and trying to find answers to them and, and then once you find answers to them you start merging into a specific pathway or to a, towards specific groups of people and then from there you continue building up and you get more answers and more knowledge and you and you decide is this where i'm supposed to be or should i is should i move on and then or is this am i being challenged and like what does this mean so um Golly, see, so I want to say on air just so people know I have like a fear of speaking and my mind does go blank and it's <laughs> happening. But because <laughs> when I think about it too much, then the things leave my mind. There's so many beautiful things to talk about the levels of being in the APRP because most of it, how I came to be in the APRP started on my own journey. Because mm. um, I, I am biracial and I'm half European and I was raised with Europeans. So um, that from where I began to where I'm at now is like testament to like that self-work. Yeah. That's the starting place because we're intentionally individually lost on purpose. We were separated from our people on purpose. And so to find our people back, it starts with our own self. And um, we that's part of AAPRP because it's like the core values, our principles, ideology starts with yourself because then you put that to work collectively and you challenge each other you hold each other accountable and you continue moving up and elevating each other. And then through that, bringing more people on board, um, whether they join the APRP or not, but just creating that united front um, in general so that we can stand together united and take our, take our our reclaim our land and our people. Mm -hmm. And even when we do that, we're not all going to be APRP, but we're going to be all Africans, mm -hmm. you know, so Pan-Africans. <laughs> yeah. So, reading the training guidelines, um, it mentions, like, one of the very first things it mentions is that um, men and women who freed themselves have to demonstrate a kind of freedom from the excess of capitalism mm -hmm. and wealth. Like, how, like, what does that look like, like, mm -hmm. ideally, within the context of AAPRP? Yeah, I mean, so we... I mean, in order to survive, you have to participate in capitalism. Yeah. I mean, at some extent, you know, that because this is the system that we live in. Mm -hmm. But there, are the way there are forms that we rebel, we 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 rebel in by not participating in certain specific things, not buying through these certain specific things, and also we rebel by creating um and training up our youth and children mm -hmm. and adults to understand like how to live a socialist life and to become more independent through self-defense and self-defense is physically, but also like re uh, growing our own food, making our own things, creating new systems and practicing those things. So the more we become uh, independent together, that we can start, that's a, a, we're rising in masses against capitalism. But until then, like on a basic level, we participate in it because we have to survive. So there's that, yeah, <laughs> like on a short note. <laughs> I mean, out there in, uh, uh, in a lot of black conversations, I find now are, are kind of circling the wagon around black capitalism mm -hmm. and its problems um, versus its necessities. So I do think it's an interesting question to ask. Like, first of all, can one ever escape capitalism? because it's a system we're so mired in and if so how exactly would that be done you know yeah i mean so i kind of just answered that in the other question just like how it, how it becomes is that we that discipline um in the principles of like how can i rebel against capitalism right. in the first place right and what are the ways that i have to participate to survive yeah and then continue um chipping away at that until we become more unified right in, in strength and in numbers mm -hmm. to like it, so, if, if all African people left today like capitalism would fall alone so it's just like right. it's just like getting people to see that in general mm -hmm. like in not seeing it as if we um, do these things business wise to participate in capitalism then 
we'll be united this way because it's not true this the system of capitalism was built without our voices in it it was built on our backs so it's never gonna be equal. still on our backs it's still on our backs yeah, yeah. so the the way we ch- break down capitalism is by understanding our remembering our power and who we are and where we come from and then just like just that alone and then also like in collective spaces with our people talking about how how can we help each other Mm -hmm. to participate less in capitalism so that we can help push it over because it's already falling over it's already done and new system and era is ready to rise Mm -hmm. and like so we need to prepare now for like it to be what we want, which hopefully everyone wants, a socialist <laughs> society, you know? Because otherwise I'd be scared to think about the rise of another, which is already on the rise, could be, is dictatorship and fascism, you know? <clears throat> yeah. We can still stop that, though. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, that made me think of maybe multiple questions. Um, I guess I'll start with one, obviously. Um <laughs> So I'm I'm interested in the like the trajectory or the path one would go on, um, in joining. Um, so I'm from like read online. It seems like you start as like perspective, and then um, eventually you you work your way up to being cadre. Yeah. And then it seems is there above that is like committees and chapters, oh, I or I guess like how like the higher or the structure. Sure of uh the organization yeah yeah so um so just to start um each chapter in a state uh starts out as a circle so in the state if another chapter a circle starts if there's two circles in even in the same city then you become a chapter and like even if there's like say there's 10 different cities 10 different chapters you're still or 10 different circles, you're still one chapter. But all circles have a different name that we go by to identify ourselves. Um, And then, so it is hierarchical, and we are evolving that because, I mean, because this is some of the conversations we are having in re, um, I don't even want to say revamping, but just like discussing how we could improve our ideological guidelines in our organization as a whole without taking away from the founders of our org and their um, vision. But that... um, Currently, it is hierarchical because there's like you are work study when you first join. You have to be in the party for four years, plus have read through the whole ideological guideline book list and other things to even become cadre. And then there's a central committee where you can you have to be in the party for so many years to even be on that board too. Um, and then um, to make sure that it's not patriarchal, which is also something that we're working on with our anti-patriarchy task force internally right now before we start to um outwardly i mean we do do events on patriarchy but just like internally is our focus right now um that there are positions where uh, many positions where sisters are put into place to um make sure that we're not we're on the front lines but also in power positions and then also so what the revamping of it is is that not everyone identifies as a sister um, and so we want to, uh, we are pushing for the, to change things on gender basis so that we're not, so that we're looking at gender fluidly. Um, but so those are some of the revamps that are going to be, that are happening currently. But so currently what it is, is so there's work study, cadre, then there's a central committee and our central committee is in Africa. And then, um, we're, um, in the process of creating a party Congress, which would be another like layer of hierarchy right yeah Yeah, so um because we're a a, a democratic party currently um because i feel like once you're a communist part (laughs) you you there's no that's that can't be there so it's a socialism as a place to i guess when capitalism falls socialism socialism would be like the a gateway yes Mm -hmm. and that makes sense it's a thing to ease into because it's like socialism and then obviously to me communism would be next Mm -hmm. so you just want to ease people in you know because trauma is a real fucking thing and we know that Mm -hmm. so um there's that and then so the committees that we have there's three committees they're on each uh circle chapter there and then as a whole there is the political education party or committee Mm -hmm. programs committee and then admin committee Mm -hmm. And then within that, that pro, um, each circle, each, and then we have regional programs, admin, and um, P 
PE. So it's like, it's like hierarchical there too. Um, so that we're doing work on a local level and then also on a global level. So, yeah. And then um, I was also wondering um, if you worry about like work circles or different, um, I guess, levels of the group being like infiltrated by like people that are not there like with sincere purposes yeah. or like looking to like you know report back to some other mm -hmm. organization or like anything like that as far as yeah. like we know all the dirty ways um agencies can behave on stuff like that or like <laughs> counterintelligence and stuff yeah and so the way i was taught joining the party from ajamu umi was that let the let them do the work for us if they're if we have infiltrators in our party let them do the work for us because there's nothing to hide and we want that information to get out anyways and, it, and, it, and it's under it can under it can't be stopped it's gonna happen yeah. so it's just like it's not it's not gonna break us down because we already know what they're gonna do so the way that we want to raise and that we do raise people up as a collective is to understand that that can't be stopped but that if we are a collective and so that's why, why I feel like there's kind of the contradictory there the hierarchical part because if we raise everybody up as equals then it, it it's like one thing that's proven through revolutionaries is that when when a revolutionary falls then the so-called movement falls right or it slows it down but it, in AAPRP as a collective raising everybody up as equals as equal power points and power people then you can't kill our organization whether there's influence traders or not because we're all equal we understand like this a comrade just may have been killed or put in jail or something but that the work still has to be done because we know that that's part of the agenda mm -hmm. to destruct us and so we pick right up where that person left off at and keep moving and so um the contradictions are being discussed like in in terms of like the hierarchy but also like discussing the importance of what does that mean anyways is it important for that um in terms of like I'm saying the hierarchy part because as a collective, like no one's like pushed away from being raised up as an equal and whatever that means as an equal. We want to give the knowledge that we have in ourselves to everyone. Like we have a responsibility as African people to share any knowledge we have based especially, no, just not even, I was going to say especially people in diaspora, but just Africans in general. If we have an education or we know anything, we have resources because it was stripped and taken away from us on purpose because of the people who we are and where we come from it's important and we have an obligation and a responsibility to share that information so that that work can be t continued on whether they're in AAPRP or not it's a responsibility as Africans that we don't um, withhold things that can rise our people up and out of uh, oppression poverty capitalism imperialism you know racism all that shit <laughs> you know yeah Y'all about to join the party? <laughs> Thinking about it. <laughs> um, so I did notice that 60% of the meeting time yeah. is devoted to a discussion of the allotted readings with a minimum of five page like five pages per day, five and a half hours per week. Yeah. Um can you talk a little bit about the role of re-education in the AAPRP and how the readings are chosen? Yeah, so the readings were chosen um, from the founders of AAPRP. So it was Kwame Ture, Amilcar Cabral, and uh, Nkrumah. Mm. Kwame Nkrumah. There's one other. I, I forget his name, and that's really unfortunate because he was a powerful person too. But um, they created the reading list. And um, so they're books that we'll always read through, and then um, like as we're as uh, at a work study level, and then just because that that is historical information that needs to be read, mm -hmm. and then on, at cadre level, first of all, we can read any books we want to read, but like when we're talking about in terms of like the party and expectation, there are there is a book list, right. and then cadre level, then there's cadre circles where we're reading other books. And, and having ideological discussion there. So that's just that. But like, how can we um, come out of oppression and brainwash uh, and illusion without reading and finding out for ourselves? Because if we continue to believe just off 
of what people say without knowing actually for ourselves. Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. So the re-education starts with self and reading books. And the ideological part and discussion around it is to, to challenge each other in our position, in our ideology, where we are presently, so that we can push each other to be more and understand further, so that we can get more people and do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can't, we can't rise out of our struggle and our oppression um, without, without understanding how we got here in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's why. Okay. <laughs> and I'm curious, and you don't have to answer this, but, like, this is kind of an inside baseball question. Like, I'm curious about how those um, reading discussions are structured. Is it, like, a critical analysis? Yeah. Or is it just kind of going through the points that are made? Like, how, does, how yeah. do those discussions okay. Work? So one of the ways that we raise people up in our party is by making people... Making. <laughs> People choose this, but there there's a structure. Right. So we have roles with at each work study and in each every meeting we have. Uh, there's structure. There's a facilitator. There's a ideological person who creates the questions. So basically, we're reading from a book. There's a certain amount of pages we have to read. In the there's a rotating role. Each person has to create ideological questions, and so that we can uh, practice asking those types of questions and getting responses and a discussion out of them. And then the challenges for the people who aren't the facilitator to answer them. And then we're challenging them on their positions based on what they say so that we're making each other stronger based on that. And then so there's like, there's note taker, facilitator. Um, We have our geopolitical. There's a facilitator for that. So we read books and we also have a geopolitical articles that we discuss from. And um, so there, that it's the primary because, like, what would we be discussing if we're not challenging each other on, on what we think? Mm-hmm. So we have party affairs after, and it is still important because it's talking about events and stuff that we're about to be doing. But we have to be on point for those events. So that's why 60% of our time is spent ideologically because we need to understand what we're doing in the first place. Yeah, and that's the hardest part, honestly. Yeah, so... Yeah, like, so much of uh, what you're saying and then what I'd been, like, reading about um, these, like, meetings and the different ways, um, there's, like, that rotating chair of who's yeah. the one, like, teaching. It makes me think of, like, our MFA experience <laughs> and, um, like, uh, pedagogy and, um, like, how it was, like, our goal. Like, how is this active yeah. teaching, like, you know, this way that we're all yeah. the teacher and maybe somebody's And expert. you were the star student in that and class. <laughs> look, we don't have to go there. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I really, like, love going back to this idea that, like, yeah, it is, like, education at the core. And um, going back to this, this idea that, like, maybe with, like, earlier organizations, it became like um so like a few shallow slogans and expressions without like any ideological backing or like mm-hmm. um educational like foundations about like what those slogans even meant or like right. what they were like emphasizing um because y'all imagine i mean like because you go y'all said you, it's a predominantly white space which is usually everywhere you know <laughs> and like having to be in who you are in your own body and skin and like have to teach especially our own culture and history or things that you're passionate about in front of european ass people mm-hmm. and expect to get like the respect you deserve because what we're taught is like it's belittling or like that we're not good enough we shouldn't be doing this like mm-hmm. that that's from the oppressor mm-hmm. that's ingrained in us you know so it's it's important i think that's dope that y'all like have had each other to like build off of because like we need that yeah. that reassurance and like that caring challenge to not be like nah you ain't shit like <laughs> you are shit and but let's, <laughs> and but. let's talk about this <laughs> like you know what do you mean there like but in a way that's not like you know you, you don't have no business even saying anything anyway it's not degrading so that's it's important like for us to have each other as a collective to like build each other up build that confidence up that we can do this yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's another thing. While like you're you're saying that, that I was thinking like, oh, that would be the amazing difference versus like our grad school experience compared to like um uh, these like study groups is that like we would be like 
in a space just full of like black people talking about these things and like having um even with just having like one person one other person in like my class being able to give me like um feedback on a different level of understanding compared to like if my whole class was mm-hmm. like that like compared to like the feedback i could have potentially right? got i mean we were from, pretty lucky right we were really fortunate there from, were Matt, there were four people of color in our graduating class of 14. Right. And, which is unheard of in a graduate class. Here. Yeah. Yeah, when Here. we were in okay. school. Um, and even then, it was crickets most of the time. Right. Unless yeah. one of us was talking. Yeah, so like, about that seemed so refreshing and amazing. And it's like one of those things where, like, I feel like I imagine it, but I was like, I can imagine all the good things, but still, like, have not experienced the true pleasure of that. <laughs> true pleasure of like just being in like that kind of like setting of yeah. like discussing and like a text and just like being like surrounded by like other black people yeah. also interested in the sex i mean sometimes that shit is still hard you you have some dope people some people with like and not to say that we're not all dope but just to say african people are dope in general even us together is like infuriating sometimes yeah. but at least it's us yes <laughs> you know yeah you know like that's the important part for me. I mean, I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood, so that's what I've known most of my life. So, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to be in circles of groups of things that I care about mm-hmm. and be able to talk about those things with other black people. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's just yeah. it's still people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like... In, um, for me, I didn't have that. I mean, I grew up... I'm ha- I said what I was already biracial. I don't. I only claim African though. But like in certain that times, I'll I'll say what I am. But then I also have light skin privilege too. So even though I came a long ways, mm. and that just shows me the work that I have to do, and that's why it's also important too mm. to be held accountable. Like yo, using that some other type of shit right now, some skin privilege shit right now. Like mm-hmm. check that <laughs> now, mm-hmm. <laughs> or like use your skin privilege for this. You know, like that. These are important. Like in ways to embrace each other and hold each other accountable in vulnerable ways that don't make you feel ugly and shitty, but also, like, if you do feel that way, like, let's talk about, like, that's individual work, too, because everything's like, comes up, yeah. we do collectively, but then it's, like, that challenge to, like, oh, shit, I gotta work on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, something I wonder, like, with, um, you know, these these kind of, like, revolutionary, visionary groups. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I guess, like, this idea of having this very um, public um, aspect, like, this, like, political party, mm-hmm. but then does, like, black liberation um, require, like, a multi-pronged approach? And then um, thinking about, like, above ground versus, like, underground... And, like, how sometimes those things need to work together or, like, in some form of, like, unison of, like, oh, we tackle these problems not just through, there's not only one way to tackle them. We have to tackle them, like, ten different ways kind of thing. Yeah. Well, what's the question, though? Um, I guess, like, I I don't know how to, like, ask this in, like, a vague way, but, like, underground, um, is underground still necessary or, like, how does underground exist? Yeah. Um, or, like, what are underground procedures? Because I don't want to be naive, but, like, how do I, you know, exist in this space, but then also prepare for, like, the maybe more macabre reality? Yeah, the um, the underground shit is always going to be necessary as African people, you know? And also, then, that's just saying that, and then also saying, like, you talked about infiltrators, like, so it's never really going to be all the way underground, right? Because there's motherfuckers that are still brainwashed that look like us and that's a problem but like but our work is to like do us and be us and do that work and hopefully grab them in the meantime like they came in with an agenda and then to to give them a new agenda on their own but um that's also then discussing like the united front Mm. yeah there is going to be 10 different ways to do it but if we can have some type of respect for each other in that united front, so the underground, that we're not showing our asses and, like, and what I mean by that is, like, because we can show our asses, but, like, uh, that we're not telling everybody, or we're not publicly fighting each other all the time or even at all, mm-hmm. that that shit is underground. Like, beef underground, you know? Work that shit underground and come out up on top, like, 
yeah, we do have these 10 different positions and these are them. But like, I think that part of the ways that we're pitted against each other is because of our divisions and different ideologies that, that we do come up, 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 up ground, up ground, not underground. What do I want to say? What's the word? Just um. in public, I guess, <laughs> not underground. We're not underground with it. It's public that we're like shaming and, and hating and bashing each other versus like, like, let's do that shit in private and work through it. Because, yeah, there are many ways to work through um, what what's in front of us. Mm-hmm. There's not just one way. It, it, AAPRP is not the only way. There's going to be other ways to work through it. But I'm just saying, like, if we could have an African united respect in front to, like, do that shit behind doors and come together strong as a united front, that's what Europeans do. I want, I want to push back against that a little bit. Like... Yes, we we have these conversations um, that are contentious from time to time, as all family does. Uh-huh. But is thinking about how the white gaze looks at it really the best way? Like, should we even care? Yeah. No, white gaze as, like, how they're looking at us? Yeah, like, why why should we be forced to keep these conversations private? Right. They don't. We're not for us, and and they're because we see that today. We 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 do us. We're everything about us is beautiful, right? Yeah, and so I'm not saying that we're performing here to keep Europeans like yeah they're they're trained and chained now or mm-hmm. chained and trained or whatever they might say by like they're behaving well. Mm-hmm. That's not what I mean by that. I'm just saying that like we have work to do, mm-hmm. and like does everyone have to know all our moves? You know, like, can, can we do some of our work together, united, and struggle through some things yeah. that doesn't have to be inclusive to everybody? So do you think there's, like, benefit in being covert about certain things? I mean, yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, I do. But, like, I don't think that we should not be us. I think we should fully be us. I'm saying, like, in struggle and, like, creating that united front, mm-hmm. like, does everything have to be out in the open? Right. Can, I mean... Like, some things we keep to keep... As an African people, yeah, as an African people, in general, even with different ideologies and different positions, like, if we're talking about struggling together, how can we do that together without having to involve everyone that isn't African? Does everyone who's not African have to be involved in our struggles? Well, that's a good question. Um, I find that non-African people are generally overly curious about us and will go out of their way to learn things you know what i mean if that makes sense like there's always some sort of like voyeurism of being watched as a as an as a black person as an african in this country like i don't think that that gaze will ever be averted and there's a part of me that thinks there's nothing we can do to stop that i mean i think that there is something we can do about it (laughs) (laughs) pushing them the fuck out of our way (laughs) you know so that united front yeah yeah, I'm always going to go back to it, and, and I can I can continue to ideologically evolve my answer there. Because, like, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not asking Africans to shield us or who we are, like, because we're asked to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking us to do that. I'm just saying, like, as an African people as a whole, even all people in, in our homeland and the diaspora, so Africa and, and all over, outside of Africa, that, like, if we were on that type of level building, like, we could show our asses together. I'm not saying we can't show our asses, like, outside of being together. But, like, not everybody has to know all our moves. Right. You know, that's how I, I feel. I, that's how I feel. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure that there are plenty of black and African scholars um, who have answered this question. I just need to do more reading. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> me too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We're never done reading or learning. Yeah. Or evolving. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, this kind of a, I guess, <laughs> on a different, on a different <laughs> note. Um, through yeah, like through reading through some of the texts, um, there is like um, talk about um, a brief uh introduction to the political economy of these exploitive systems, and then um, it lists Zionism. As one of these exploitive systems, and then um, or anti-Zionism as like I guess a stance, and then um, I guess like understanding how it's like made in this context of like the the Jewish state, mm-hmm. but then I when like 
my first reading of this is thinking about Zionism as like in an African context of um, like thinking more of long longs of like repatriation and like going back to Africa and Africa as Zion and like that yeah. like more like uh, like Rastafari folk religion of Rome and Babylon and Africa is the only Zion. Um, so I was interested in like that and I guess that like makes it because there is like references to like Garvey and Marcus Garvey mm-hmm. and these other ideas around like repatriation. Um, so I was interested in like think in the idea of like Zionism in that context versus like Zionism in like a a black context. Yeah. So I am gonna say that I still need to do more work around understanding our position on Zionism in the party, so I'm not gonna try to front there. But um but something that I will say is that like lots of like things that come from our culture have been such as Zion have been taken away from us. Or even Zion and there's another word that I struggle against it's leaving me right now. But when it comes up I'll share. There's lots of words that have been words that have meaning, spiritual meaning and historical meaning to us as a culture or heritage of Africans that has been taken and, and brought into something else that's as a negative connotation. That so it's constantly us having to reclaim and take power back on words that I mean some of them I feel like maybe we can't and how important is it? I feel like it's always important to reclaim it, but also at the same time, you know, I don't know. Um, that's kind of all I have there. When I come back on the show, though, I'll have a, I'll have a, <laughs> a dope ass answer for that because I do need to spend more time there on it. Uh, it's a, it's an important it's a, it's important to information to to know and understand. So sorry for that. <laughs> and that that kind of like builds, I guess, the second thing I was wondering is um, within Pan Africanism is like a unification and liberation of Africa. And then I was wondering how like unification works for um, for Black people, African people that aren't living in Africa, like, in the diaspora, mm-hmm. does that, is, like, repa- again, is it, like, repatriation uh, a goal of this, or is, like, um, African states outside of Africa, or, um, like, I guess, like, what is, um, the, or, how, like, the goal or hopeful? Yeah, so yeah. that's just, again, talking about that united front. I mean, because, obviously, people who aren't in the homeland and are, aren't, I don't want to say born, because we're descendants of Africa. But people directly born in Africa versus people in the diaspora are are brought up ideologically different. Doesn't mean that we don't come to the same standpoints ideologically, but with the like behaviorisms and things that we have being brought up outside of our homeland versus in the homeland. And then we're talking about even neocolonialism in our homeland and outside of it. It's multi layered. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of behaviorisms that we're talking about that would within that united front have to be challenged and like behaviors that would need to be changed, removed, or whatever, so that we could create that united front. But that that our our people in the homeland, Africa, they they would need to be the leaders. They're there, directly there, in in it. And we're in the belly of the beast, but we can't it's just like you can't come from the United Snakes and then go to Africa and be trying to lead our people. You haven't been there. You they're the leaders. Even though we're all Africans, like they're hands on the ground. We're over here in the belly of the beast, like, feeling... I'm not saying we're feeling it, but we're in here. And so, really, it's like, this. Um, once you get to a certain place, ideologically understanding, like, where do you belong in the revolution? Is it the belly of the beast? Is it the homeland? Is it somewhere else in the diaspora? Like, where are you supposed to be fighting at? And that's part of that united front, those conversations that are happening, that are, like, that are challenging and asking you, where are you supposed to be to fight this revolution? So, I guess that's my answer. <laughs> That's an answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you, you kind of talked about this earlier, but um, Oops. um, it's hot in here. It is very hot. Sorry. <laughs> um, what kinds of things do you envision for like the future of AAPRP, like going forward, like say the next fifty years? Or yeah. So, well, I'll say for me <laughs> um what i envision for me as being a member because i plan to be in aaprp until i pass i want to um if i decide to stay in the belly of the beast as my part in the revolution that i want to have a foster home that's african all african children where i'm um planting all the seeds there like to teach them the truth of our history and our people and about aaprp 
I mean, because they'll grow up and they'll choose what they want to be. And so it's not to like indoctrinate a, like a religion because I mean, AAPRP is not that. But I want to always push free choice because even though I'm giving you this information, you might reject it later on or even presently. And so that's the thing. But like, but that's what I want to do. I want to have a foster home of African children and just children in general, general that are like able to come and like learn about who our people are in general. Um, and then can you say the question again? So then I'll answer it as just AAPRP. Yes. Um, what kinds of things do you envision for the future of the um, AAPRP over the, like, the next 50 years? Yeah, so watching capitalism fall and die. Which it will. Yeah. Maybe not in our lifetime, but... Maybe not, but like if it was, that's what I would. That's my hope is to be able to see that and to see the rise of socialism, um, to see the rise of uh, women and and non men rise up in power to take back. I mean, not not to say take back, but to lead lead our world in the direction it should be because patriarchy is a motherfucker and we didn't see too much of it lead us nowhere. <laughs> so like, I want to see new leaders, new leaders being women and non men in youth in positions of power to um, re-envision and recreate the direction of our society and world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of socialism, just out of curiosity, like, how does this kind of new pop cultural understanding of socialism jibe with the AAPRP's idea of what socialism is? Well, what's the jab on socialism? Tell me. Like, for instance, Bernie Sanders. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the current That's a white oppressor, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'll, he's socialist, so it's cool. No, he's European and fuck him. Um, and his socialist. I mean, because he's done hella fucked up shit to African people over his lifetime. Mm -hmm. And, like, that can't be forgiven. As a European. It can never be forgiven? As a European, no. <laughs> no, if you're an African or a, another person of color, yes. For a European, fuck that shit. You're an oppressor. And you're like, just, yeah, you could have evolved and changed your ideology, but you're still, his focus is capitalism and imperialism. So uh, it would just be to push against it and to, if especially if it's our people, to be continually challenging that position on what they need mm -hmm. and what they really want and to ask to, to, to challenge them continually challenge them to hopefully that they'll evolve to see it him for what he is and to see like the situation for what it is yeah and because socialism isn't isn't going to be based on an oppressor leading us no european is going to lead us no yeah. and so they have to be pushed out of the way what i'm seeing with this kind of nouveau understanding of socialism because like I thought about this when you mentioned socialism as the gateway to communism yeah. is that a lot of people who are being ushered into socialism because of the state of affairs kind of see it as this escape hatch to cling to certain aspects of capitalism which is weird to me right you know yeah so I'm just I feel like Socialism has become like this catch-all thing that is all things to all people. Right. Um, depending on what they need at that moment. Right. Whereas I feel like, like reading the um, the guidelines, you the AAPRP's idea of socialism is very clear. Yeah. Um, and the understanding of what it is culturally in America is not mm -hmm. at all. So. Yeah. I mean, on some level, because we're here in the United States talking about socialism, so it just depends on the people. But, like, so what, what's the question, though? Like, can you say, like... I can't remember what... <laughs> like, like, uh, oh, yeah, what what is... I was asking, what do you think of, like, this kind of cultural understanding okay. of socialism in comparison to what that means within the context of AAPRP? Okay, so for... Like, just like we do in work study, where we have create questions based on the book that we're reading, mm -hmm. like the challenge, challenging people's position. It's always a thing. Challenge, 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 mm -hmm. challenge it. Keep challenging it. Yeah. That's that's what it is, because it's like what we're talking about here is people always it's a bandwagon. That's what that the new what you call it? Nouveau. New. Yeah, no, it's listen. a bandwagon and people it's just like it's the new cool thing, you know? Yeah. But like, it's not the truth. No. It is cool. I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> you know, but not like on no pretend shit. Like, we want to be, we want to know, teach people, like, 
the true meaning of socialism and what that means and like the structure of it and the and then how how also it's a transitional system that it's not yeah. the final system that we want to see for all people yeah yeah so it would be to just be like challenge where did you get that information from who told you that why do you believe that? Like, I don't know. Like, Citations. Where are your sources? <laughs> <laughs> and that's bougie, you know, because we want, <laughs> that's bourgeoisie. But, like, because we want to be, like, you know, that's also talking about oppression and poverty. And that's also, like, classism. on, a, on like ba- that, And that's what I also see it's multi-layered. Because as an African people with education, we have to share that information. So it's not on a way to make our own people or people in general feel less than mm-hmm. because we have that information so it's just like depending on like you depending on who you're talking to where where where's your education coming from and like and sometimes we know that and so it's like we want to come sincere and with love mm-hmm. and then also we want to be firm in um our like what we're saying and stating so ideologically so it's just it's always multi-layered but sometimes there's assholes out there that you gotta check but like then there's our people who we want to come always with love and grace yeah. It like we don't want to make them feel like they don't know anything because they do. Right. They know without any education, all our people know what the the struggle is, what mm-hmm. the issues are. The terms are just different, so we don't want to use classism as a because yeah. then we're not. What are we doing? The terms, a lot of them invented right. in Western European. European canon. Exactly. So then we're so. just. Then we're then what work are we really doing when we're pushing the agenda Europeans based on terminology? Mm-hmm. So we got to check ourselves and be accountable when we're doing that too. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, I have a couple questions. Um, are you? How are you on time? What time <laughs> is it? It it's is seven forty-eight. Oh yeah. I mean, I got till eight. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right, cool. Um, and then I don't know if I misheard you, but. Have you been saying snakes? Yeah, United Snakes. Okay. Yeah. You caught that? <laughs> we don't, we, or we, and then we spell it America with KKK. We don't, and we don't capitalize the A or the U or the S. Or the E for European. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's an intentional diss. Yeah. Um, then, I guess, yeah, one of my questions is how many are, I don't know if this is something you can share, um, how many like chapters um, exist like in the USA or in the US KKK um, and globally? Um, That's funny. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you just <laughs> like America. I actually don't know. I know that we are a worldwide party, and that's actually a good question to know because I'm on admin. And with the revamp, I'm going to bring that. Next time I come back, I'll have an answer. Because that's what I, I want to know. But I know that we're worldwide. Um, we have, So we have our local like admin calls. I'm just going to speak just from admin because it's all committees, too, that have these same calls. Then we have our regional calls. Then we have our um, all-party, like, global party calls. So, like, regional calls, like, on the... Western region, um, mm. and then global calls all everyone from the whole part, and so it's interesting, and you get to talk to people from all over different parts of the world yeah. in ideological discussion, and it's it's dope. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, who are some like contemporary African revolutionary figures we could be looking at? Um, well, now they're alive. Yeah. Still. Well, Ajamu Umi, Onyesamu Bin Wahad, Musha Matubi, these are all APRP, Akubundu, these are all people in the APRP, but they're they're doing the work. They're out there doing the work. Ajamu has a lot of books out right now, too. There's sisters within our party, Sister Chavanduka, like... You want to know about people outside of the party, but like people with inside the party, like have a lot, a lot of information to share with the people. Um, I'm not, and no one else is coming to my mind right now. That's also the other thing. So, yeah. All right. Um, this is just a general question about you. Like, what is there anything happening? 
in politics right now that excites you that gets you like sort of like gives you like a kind of like hope for the future no i mean i mean <laughs> I, uh, I hate that word hope but i can't think of a similar word at the moment. i'm a scorpio and so some of the, <laughs> some of the things that become hard for me is because once i i want to understand it and then once i do i'm just like um sometimes it's hard because i see the system for what it is and so like I know that the arguments we have publicly, or not even arguments, but discussions that we have, or political conversations we have, the events that we have, to me, they're important repetitiveness. But, like, it's just that, like, that talking about hope in politics, the only hope I have is that capitalism falls and a new system rises because, like, we're talking about hope in a system that's continually failing us, and I have none in that. Mm. I have no hope in that, mm. you know? So... Um, sometimes that's something I need to check in myself, just not not for, to create hope in a system that's dying, but just like, well, what does that actually mean? You know, because I do need to have that hope and energy for our work, and I do, but just as a Scorpio at times, I just be like, this shit is stupid because I see it, you know? <laughs> it's I don't mean to use that word, but uh, I just, yes. Sometimes it's dull for me, and the excitement isn't there, but I know the importance of it, and so I'll always be pushing for it. So the dullness is just because it's just like it's hurt because I see it, you know, so it's just like watching people have a discussion with so much robust enthusiasm. And I'm just like, why? You know, because <laughs> fuck all this. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to? I, I don't have any more Did questions. Did that scare y'all? No, my, no, not at all. I only have my parting words. Oh, Party okay. <laughs> all right. Um, well, hell in here. All right. One last question. And uh, this is just uh, to know more about you. Okay. What's new in your life? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I have this new five-day-old baby <laughs> hanging out for a while that is dope. He's, yeah. he's really sweet and calm, and my children are really loving him instantly. Um, so is the dog, Chocolate. <laughs> um yeah and then you already said i'm in my last year of my master's program but uh the new new things for me are just continuing to figure out how i can evolve as a, a individual person and self first and then as a mother and also as a comrade in aaprp so that i can like share what i have um just because, again, like, as me being a Scorpio, like, the way I, I once I, I understand and perceive things, it's sometimes hard. I just uh, process things differently. Um, so I don't want to say that I'm not hopeful, because I am, because I get up every day and do a lot of work for my kids and for people in general. Mm -hmm. But, like, um, the new things are to continue figuring out how I can raise people up in my own way. So, yeah. Cool. I'm really introverted, so I also, like, don't like to be around people, which is crazy, because I'm a, a, in an APRP, and we're all around people. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know what to call what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> it's a contradiction, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thanks for having me, though. Thanks for coming. Yeah. This has been really um, illuminating for us, um, because I've... I've been hearing about AAPRP mm -hmm. since I moved to Portland and yeah. wanted to know more. So come get no more. Come <laughs> <laughs> join the party. We'll talk about it. We I cook food for people like oh. whenever I house host and I cook. I like to feed people. Um, All right. Yes. Okay. Well, I like to help take care of you. You had Melanie there. I'm a, I'm a mommy. I like to mommy people. <laughs> yeah, All right. Come through. <laughs> All right. We'll talk. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, I guess we're going to wrap it up, because I can see in both Max and Moonbee's eyes that it is time to go home. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going to end with our parting words. Moonbee, okay. do you have any parting words? Um, just thank you for having me come to this show. I think that thanks for helping me. My goal for 2020 is to face my public speaking um, because it's how I want to I wanna be a strong African sister mm -hmm. that can speak fiercely about anything African, but especially about APRP, so thank you for giving me a chance to do that, and uh, next time I come back, I'll be uh, even more fierce. Yeah. Um, so, thank you for having me here, and it was nice, like, getting to spend time with y'all and getting to know you. Alright. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. Cool. Alright, Max, you want to 
All right. Um, thank you for being here. Um, I pre we appreciate um everything you said and um your time and um consideration and sharing about yourself and um yeah it's been fun it's been really cool getting to know you and finding out more um i my parting words i took from the the text um africa needs a revolutionary cadre revolutionary african women and men who are honest dedicated and willing to suffer and sacrifice and struggle and service to Africa and world humanity. Pan-Africanism needs Pan-Africanists to achieve it. That was from Kwame Nkrumah. Mm. Yeah, and the only thing I wish that was different in that statement is the gender part. But other than that, it's a dope-ass <laughs> statement. <laughs> yes. Alright. Um, I'm searching for the quote that I want to use. Sorry. Oh, so that's what y'all meant from parting words? Is, were mine fine? I didn't know. No, no, no. Yeah, this is whatever you want it to <laughs> okay. be. Cool. All right, so, um, again, to steal from Max's parting words, uh -oh. thank you, Mumbi, for coming by to speak with us. Yeah. Um, you make us look good and, like, we know things, <laughs> which is always awesome, and it's been amazing looking at your hair this entire time. I love it so <laughs> thank much. You. It's beautiful. Um, I, can, I will continue to want to learn more about the AAPRP and um, about the moves y'all are making. Cool. Um, so I will definitely be in touch with you off mic about that. Okay. Um, and my, um, parting words, I am jacking from Lax Langston Hughes. Um, it's good morning revolution. You're the very best friend I ever had. We're going to pal around together from now on. Yeah, let's do it. Hey. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Good night, y'all.